everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. This week, I'm here with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Jason Earls. Hey, everyone. All right. So let's jump right into the news. So we don't have a lot this week, but some interesting things. We have a story that has been happening for a while. Some MacBook Pros have had some crackling speakers, and Apple has put out an update to the Macs to fix this issue. Uh, Jason, you reported this, so what have you learned on this? Yes, Apple did in fact put out an, a patch for the speaker issue. Apparently, though, it is being released, as I understand it, only to people who are not running the beta, unless that's going to come out in another beta update. I'm not sure. The article I read said that, you know, and if people are using the beta, they aren't going to get the patch. So that's kind of interesting. Although I don't think it's surprising in one respect because I feel like they've done that before. It was just the way the releases were timed. But I mean, nonetheless, it is good that it's fixed. So, yeah, I honestly, if my machine was having issues with speakers like that, I would not be impressed. So. I am glad that they have put out a fix to make that better. I mean, it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but still. Right. So our next story is also Apple-related, and that is that some iPhone 8 users are having faulty logic boards, and Apple is taking those back to and replacing them for no cost. Jason, you also found this article, so... I'll give it back to you. <laughs> All right. So, yes, apparently there are some iPhone 8s that are affected by some uh, poorly manufactured logic boards, causing them to exhibit symptoms of rebooting and freezing screens, as well as sometimes the devices apparently don't even turn on. Apple does have a link on their support site where you can go and enter your serial number and see if you have an affected iPhone. In the event that you do have an affected iPhone, I would imagine that you could just, you know, call them up and, and set up an appointment with a store, do it in the Apple Store app, uh, take your phone in, they'll replace it, the the logic board. And you can also go in to, uh, what do they call them, third-party service providers uh, that can fix your device too. And as we were talking about before the show, I'm wondering if this affects iPhone 10s, and if it's not, I wonder why. Yeah, I do too, because they do pretty much share the same specs aside from the uh, face ID equipment, uh, you know, the, the the cameras and stuff. So I don't know if maybe it's, if that's the one difference that's keeping the iPhone 10 from having the issue versus the iPhone 8, or maybe it does and there's not enough affected iPhones for it to make the news. I don't know. But yeah, that's definitely interesting. And I wonder if it's going to end up affecting the 8 and the 8 Plus. So, I don't know. That's interesting. All right. So, our third and final topic for our news session uh, section, my apologies, here today is that Google Home can now work with two languages. So, Aliyah, you looked this one up. Basically, it's able to... If somebody speaks in a different language, it will be able to speak back in that language? That's what I'm seeing, yes. And so there's a few languages. There aren't a ton yet, but you can choose a secondary language. Interesting. So 
We will have links to all those in our show notes after the episode or when the episode is posted. You know, I think that's a really interesting feature for Google to add to the assistant because, you know, especially in this country, we have a lot of, of bilingual people. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's interesting because I wonder if you have to, if it recognizes it when you speak and then it just switches to it or if that's something you have to set up like with a quick tap or something. I imagine it just recognizes it because it doesn't seem like it'd be nearly as useful otherwise. Yeah, I th- I thought it was something you had to set up. Did you? Did, is, is that what you saw? You had to pick it. I mean, it's still cool, but it would have been cool if you could have just walked up and said, hey, assistant in whatever language and have it just detect it and switch to that language for you. That would be neat. Very neat. All right. Well, that's our news for today. And so now we have our ad. So, Aaliyah, since this is kind of your area... Let's talk about our training program. Sure. Well, this seems like the perfect opportunity now that school is getting back into session. If you have a new piece of technology, be that computer, Apple device, note taker, uh, whatever it is, and you need help learning how to use it, the iAccessibility training program is perfect for that. We have classes in a wide range of topics, and if you don't see your area of need on our website, you can email us. Our email address will be given at the end of this ad. We train for $18 per hour with the first hour being free upon request and payment for additional training services. And we have a wide variety of trainers and availability. So pretty much whenever you need training, get a hold of us. You can find all about our training program at iaccessibility.net slash training. And if you have any questions or need anything, feel free to email us at training at iaccessibility.net. All right. So this brings us to our main topic today. And that is something that was brought up last week on episode 93 that we said we could have a whole discussion about. So we are. (laughs) And... I actually had to go back in the episode to figure out what it was because I kind of forgot. But we are back this week with that topic because I think it's a very good conversation to have. And that is, you know, when the Mac was becoming very successful and voiceover was at the top of the world, you know, uh, where it was very useful. I mean, it's still useful. Don't get me wrong. But when It was the best built-in screen reader that you didn't have to pay extra for. You know, it was practical to pay a little bit more for a computer that had built-in speech. You didn't have to go out and get JAWS or ZoomText or any of these other programs. We're now seeing where Windows and even Chromebooks and iPads, I guess, as well, are having their own accessibility software included and it is allowing people to purchase these devices at a reasonable price and not have to pay for jaws for you know zoom text or these other expensive programs so we're now looking at an age 
where you could buy a $200 computer, a $300 computer, or something else, and get NVDA for free, or use Windows Magnifier, or Dolphin Supernova, if that's your preference. And that's a lot cheaper. So what are y'all's thoughts on this kind of a, I, I would call it a paradigm shift? I actually see it as a very, very good thing. You know, when when I was setting up my PC, I ended up installing Windows 10 with just nothing but Narrator, which is something that you've not been able to do for a long time, a very long time in Windows, but you've been able to do for a good while with the Mac and uh with with Linux, I think. I think they've had that for a long time too. And, you know, it really got me thinking about that. And uh, you know, I I was also I'm also in the process of applying for a job and I completed all of the interview process and part of it was an assessment. And it was really, really eye opening for me, or ear opening for me, take your pick, to be able to make a portable copy of NVDA and go in there and actually do the assessment on their machines. I mean, that was in, that was awesome. I, I, it, it really made me realize just how much things are changing and what we know about accessible versus inaccessible or expensively accessible solutions are. Aliyah, what, what are your thoughts on the, all this? I think that it's great. To be able to walk up to any computer now in a store, press a keystroke, and get speech. To really get a feel for how that computer responds, how it feels, what the keyboard is like, anything like that. That's just on a basic level, let alone now with the ability to use different screen readers and things for free. You don't have to invest thousands of dollars in a computer. You can get a computer that is very low cost if you need one and install NVDA. Even Narrator is getting closer and closer to a screen reader that can be used on a daily basis. You can install these things and be up and running with a serviceable machine that would allow you to be productive for $500. Just the cost of the computer, whatever you can invest, as long as it's running Windows 10, Chrome OS, or, you know, Mac OS, all of these, and even Linux has screen readers, of course, you know, that's going off into an area of which I know very little, but any OS popular modern OS that you pick right now, you can have access to and good access to for free. And I think it's something that we've been needing for a long time. Well, and I guess, you know, this has kind of changed the landscape of accessible computer use because in the past, you know, we've had to rely on JAWS or ZoomText because they were kind of the industry standards on the PC. And, you know, Magnifier and Narrator didn't have the features that we expected, and nobody really saw NVDA as a competitor. But they're all kind of 
gaining traction in the community. And I think JAWS has some affordable ways to pay now, but I think it's still one of the more, even with that, the most expensive ways to go. But we now have options. And, you know, it used to be that you could buy a Mac and, you know, a $1,000 Mac. And that was still cheaper than buying a computer and a screen reader and magnification software. And you would get, you know, all of those features and updates for life. Do you guys still feel that buying a Mac is more recommended for the affordability? Or do you think that it doesn't matter anymore? I don't think it matters. And that's coming from... <laughs> that hurts. That hurts. It really hurts. I'm very much an Apple fangirl. And I have to say, though, that you don't need to buy a Mac anymore to have an integrated screen reader experience. Not something that someone else has bolted on. You know, you can buy a Windows machine now and have a similar experience and a more updated experience. Did I just say that? Oh, God. I just said that. <laughs> Apple's not updating well, voiceover, guys. And it hurts my soul a lot. But as you're going to see, for those of us who have Macs in Mojave, there's nothing really new. And voiceover is still frustrating. VoiceOver is still not nearly as powerful as even the free Windows screen reader, NVDA. It hurts. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go cold. I'm going to go cry. Cry. <laughs> well, Apple I'm... Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That's that's priceless. That's priceless. But, you know, as an Apple fan person, I would definitely have to agree with you as well, Aaliyah. I mean, I think at this point, you should only buy a Mac if it's a case of preference. I still prefer using macOS to Windows, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. But, you know, that being said, there are things that I'm doing on my PC that I'm not doing on my Mac anymore. Now, that's not because, at least I don't think it's because of voiceover in my case, but I think it's more just the way the program in question that I'm trying to use interacts with this version of Mac OS. But I'm still doing certain things specifically on my PC, and that hurts my soul but it's true so yeah see i personally find that i prefer the keystrokes on the pc better than on the mac for using you know a I'll screen agree. reader or you know anything really and i feel like the pc has built their keystrokes for use in mind and not for convenience and i kind of feel that's how the mac keystrokes were built as far as just they're here, you can use them, but we expect people to be using the mouse, which is why I think they focus so much on the trackpad commander and different things like that on the Mac. Now, 
I kind of I don't know if there is such a thing, but it would be neat if they had something like Trackpad Commander for PC. Although, in saying that, one thing that the PC does have that Mac doesn't, which is really awesome in a lot of screen readers, JAWS and NVDA and Narrator have touch controls. So if you have a touch screen, you can use it like an iPad. So Yeah. I mean, the closest thing would be voiceovers trackpad commander, and that's not quite the same thing since you're touching a trackpad instead of a screen. But yeah, I mean, you know, to, to further your keystroke comment, Michael, you know, I've used Audacity to accomplish initial edits for our shows. And, you know, one of the things that you can do with Audacity and specifically, I think... I don't know if the Linux version, but definitely the Windows version of Audacity is you can use hotkeys to get into certain menus. So, you know, you can hit Alt-C for effects. You can't do that on the Mac. You have to hit VOM, type EF, and then open up the menu that way. There's no, like, Option-C or uh, Command-C, Control-C equivalent. And that's true throughout the whole operating system. And just like in Windows... It's true that they have keystrokes throughout the whole, like you can hit alt N to jump to the next button and press the next button. And I mean, I'm sure that everybody who uses a PC is like, yeah, we already know that. It's something that I forgot that I missed about the PC. Yeah. And going back to the initial, you know, discussion, as far as affordability, it just, it makes sense that we now have so much choice so would you guys you know would if you had to if you were going to get a new computer would this be a consideration in getting a new computer uh, i know all of us love our macs but you know if we had to look at it in a completely you know what do i need would you get a new mac based on what you need, or would you get a PC because of uh, it being more affordable out of the box? I think it would depend on how much money I had when I purchased my computer. What about you, Elia? I think that, unfortunately, for my fangirl brain, the PC is a more accessible option for the money. You're going to get more bang for your buck. I love my Mac. Do not take this any other way but that, because even today I find uses for my Mac where certain websites are more accessible and more usable on the Mac. My One of my college websites, I can't navigate at all on Windows. I get on the Mac, it works. So that's <laughs> why I personally will always have access to both platforms, but I think with talking about accessibility and bang for your buck and productivity, Windows is the answer. And I will not speak for the rest of the show. It hurts. <laughs> well, you know what's funny when you were talking about that, Aaliyah? I was thinking about my iPad. And I was also thinking about Michael, you and your, well, and I guess Allison you two and your Surface books. And I'm like, you know what? I think I would gasp, possibly enjoy, gasp, the touch experience on the PC because I like being able to explore my screens with my finger because I I feel like it gives me a better 
spatial sense, if that makes sense, of the layout of an application. And that's not something I can do on the Mac. Even with Trackpad Commander, it's still not the same thing as being able to touch on the screen because you have a lot more surface area to explore. And it just, it's laid out differently because, you know, on the Mac you have to interact with stuff, whereas iOS and I'm assuming the PC is the same. I haven't played with touch on PCs much, but you you don't. It's just right there for you to look at. Well, Aliyah, you are using a mode on your Mac with uh, Trackpad Commander where you can move your finger around the screen, right? That's Trackpad Commander. That's what's just what you can do. You can drag your finger around to get a bit of an image, but scrolling is interesting, and you... Um... You can somewhat see where things are, and I used to like the Mac for that. If somebody would tell me this is in the top right of my screen, I would go find it using the trackpad, but that's just the default mode for trackpad commander. You know, it it can do that. I thought I thought the main function for trackpad commander was to be able to flick right and left, double no. tap, and do all that. No. Because you can do that. You can, but... Yeah, you you can also drag your finger and do like an explore by touch thing. Yeah, but you still have to interact with certain elements. Like you, you can touch a toolbar, you then have to interact. Have to I, interact I still don't it. feel like I don't feel like it's quite the same thing as touching elements on a screen. Like because the screen's got more surface area, and the way I can only speak for iOS here, but the way iOS presents stuff in a more flat accessibility wise interface, I I feel like it's it's a more it makes more sense to me. Like, and don't even get me started if you change grouping behavior on Trackpad Commander, then it 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 breaks stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like I would, I, I would enjoy touch on a PC as much as that hurts me to say. Well, I think we've all given some very interesting perspectives on this show about this topic. I, as a low vision user, really like how Zoom works on the Mac compared to how you have to pay for good Zoom support on Windows and magnifiers getting there, but it still has a little more to go before I would classify it as equaling these other solutions. Mainly, it's a little jittery. Uh, you could tell that the mouse kind of jumps by pixels at times. It'll get ahead of itself and jump back. And I know the good folks at Microsoft are working on that, but at this point, it's still kind of, it's not smooth like I'm used to on the Mac. So when they get that going, I will be very happy. But they've already made some great changes, and I'm very much a fan of what they've done. So for me, as a developer, I like both. I, I like Aaliyah. Both operating systems have their, their merits. But I think, like we've said, we're at an age where it's really not dependent on finance to decide, I want a Windows machine or a Mac. I think it's now, which one is your preference? Which one will get the job done for you? So those are all things that you have to research. And unfortunately, that does mean that you have to do research now. It's not just, oh, the Mac's going to be the most accessible option. No, that's not the case anymore. It's not going to be the most affordable, accessible option out of the box. So those are things that you have to pay attention to 
now in today's time. So, you know, Michael, as you were talking, you made me remember a, a really good point I wanted to bring up, and that is text editing on the Mac. For me, I much prefer the way the cursor works when you're editing text on the Mac versus the way it works when you're editing text in Windows. Because the way it works with VoiceOver is, let's say you have the word test, you know, T-E-S-T. When you hit right arrow, VoiceOver says T. The cursor is directly to the right of the T. And then when you hit left arrow, it says T again. And the reason it's doing that is because it's telling you that the cursor is directly to the left of the T. And not having a braille display, that really helps me in trying to figure out where I am. And it really also screws me up whenever I try to edit text in Windows. But I, I still much prefer voiceover's way of, of, of navigating text. Uh, and this also is true when reading word by word and uh, as, as well as character by character. See, that would confuse me because I've always done it with speech in Windows because, you know, it always reads what it's before. And I just grew up with that. And it's just that paradigm is so different for me. Go Mac cursor. Well, I, th <laughs> I think you can set voiceover so that it behaves the same way in Windows, but I just I don't like it. I don't. It was kind of confusing for me at first, but once I got the hang of it, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I don't want to go back. Well, it's just, if I don't want it to read, if I go right, if I use, go right by one word to after the word test, I don't want it to read the word that it's, that it's after or, yeah. See, it messes with my brain. <laughs> Back me up, Aaliyah. Back me up. No, the the Mac cursor just makes sense. I I think it just it's just intuitive. I actually it confused me for a minute, but once I used it a lot, and of course we use it on iOS, and so you know actually once I had used it so much, I started messing up the Windows way because it didn't make sense in my brain. And and that's because you guys use it a lot. I I couldn't even imagine teaching the Mac with that style of cursor. It just it doesn't it doesn't compute in my head. But I've only used I haven't really used VoiceOver to type much. Uh, I usually use it for getting around or reading, but not for typing. So that's very interesting. You know how I think I would teach it to a blind person? If they didn't have access to a Braille display, I think I would tell them to think of a Braille embosser head. And imagine that you're typing the word test on a piece of Braille paper. Whenever you type the letter T, the Braille embosser head is directly to the right of the T. And that's when voiceover would speak the letter T when you're navigating by letters. Maybe that's confusing, but it was just something I came up with as you were talking. Well... Windows does that as well. You type a letter and it says the letter and then moves after it. And that's normal. It's just navigating. Well, that yeah, I, I, just meant, I just meant with arrows. I didn't mean typing on a keyboard. I guess that is confusing, moving the Braille embosser around, but I don't know. It just, Mac cursor makes sense. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that is interesting. All right. Do you guys have any final comments before we wrap up today? I just want to say that it's been a really, really great discussion that we've had. 
And also, I mean, as as you were talking, I was just thinking the one area that the Mac has over the PC right now, accessibility wise, at least I think of as as an accessibility issue, not, not issue, feature, is the built-in freely available text-to-speech options in the operating system versus the Windows ones that are built in because they give you access on the Mac to the Vocalizer voices for free as well as voices like Alex. And that's not to say that the Windows built-in options are bad, but I, I do think that at least from what I've seen, the Mac does give you better text-to-speech support, not text-to-speech support, but text-to-speech options by default than does Windows. I'm not sure if that's true for language support, but voice-wise, it seems to be. You know what? That is a really good point, and I think that is a a request that I would like to see Microsoft run with, because even for our users that are, you know, deaf, hard of hearing, some of those voices are difficult to hear. I can imagine David would be difficult for some users to process. So, you know, there are, I believe, three U.S. English voices, but it would be neat if we could see Vocalizer or others in the OS built in. I think that would be great. So, yeah, I think that's some good, uh, a good point that you bring up in the show. So, agree. I totally agree on that. All right. Well, as Jason said, I think this has been a great discussion. I've enjoyed it, and I'm glad that we brought it up this week. You know, I have a Surface Book and a MacBook Pro. I love both machines for different reasons, but, you know, I do all my recording and editing on my Mac, my gameplay, word processing, and and a lot of my productivity on my Surface Book. And I just feel like that, and, and a lot of my video editing on my Mac as well, but I feel like I use both machines at their strengths. And that's where we need to recognize while we be, may be fans, we will get more done if we recognize the values that our tools give us. And while Windows will do video editing, it'll do all these things, you know, realize what it's best at and what you're good at on that machine. And you will go far if you use the best tool for you for the job. You know, a certain, you know, even even down to using a screwdriver, if you're building a computer or just putting something together, something may not work the best in your hand, right? There just might, you, it may still be a Phillips head screwdriver, right? But the way the handle is on the screwdriver may not lend itself for you to use to build the project you're working on. So what do you do? You go out and you look at other tools that may be better suited of what you're capable of using. And you have, you have to do that with technology. You know, a lot of folks use JAWS. A lot of folks use NVDA. Some folks use the Mac with voiceover. Some use Zoom. Some use Magnifier. And you just have to recognize what the best thing for you is. That way, you will be as effective with the tools that you have that you can be. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. And 
So we're going to move on to our picks for this week. So Jason, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online? My pick is my Mac. No, I'm kidding. My pick is <laughs> actually a movie that's been out for a while called Cars 3. I have only seen it twice, but seeing it a couple days ago was almost like seeing it for the first time because I barely remembered anything. I found it because Netflix is like, hey, you should watch this. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a really, really cute movie. It's Disney Pixar. And um, I think it it tells it tells a good story about not giving up and adapting to change haha ha, podcast reference but it's still it's 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 a really good movie and I, I i really enjoyed it so as far as where people can find me you can find me producing content for iaccessibility you can email me at jason at iaccessibility.net. You can search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JDE. That's Juliet Delta Echo 91. All right. Aaliyah, what is your pick for this week? And where can people find you online? My pick for this week is changing gears from my usual game picks to a kitchen-related pick. That is the OptiGrill by T-Fall. It is a device that has very tactile buttons. You can label it. It is a mainstream device, but it detects the temperature of your food through probes built into the grilling plates and determines when the food is done. It, it beeps audibly for several different events, including when the grill is preheated, when the meat is done to three or four different temperatures, and every button press beeps. So it's a very accessible option. It cost me about $80 at Walmart, but I think they're just over 100 normally. So check it out. You can find them on Walmart or Amazon. They're really neat, and they cook the food well. Think of an upgraded George Foreman kind of grill. If you would like to find me, you can do so by emailing Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A at iaccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at blindcowgirl199. All right. And as for me, I had a pick lined up, but I'm actually going to change it. So last year, I purchased a backpack made to hold laptops and it held the beast it held my mac and when the beast started to break and fall apart in different areas the backpack kind of went with it i think it was a result of too much held in there at one time while flying and part of it tore but it was a good backpack so i ended up purchasing the same backpack and got it for a lot cheaper. But it is a backpack from Swiss Gear called the Ibex, I-B-E-X. And it's a 17-inch backpack that will hold a laptop, a tablet, and have it has pockets for a whole lot of other stuff. This backpack is amazing. I mean, I have managed to get three laptops in there easily 
And now that I don't have a 17-inch laptop anymore, the Beast was sold. It holds all kinds of stuff. I could probably put, you know, two or three days worth of clothes in that backpack. So uh, normally it is, apparently it's gone down to $100. So whenever I first purchased it, it was 150 So very nice backpack. So uh, highly recommend it if you have a lot of tech equipment you carry around with you. I currently have room for both laptops, my iPad, my Nintendo Switch, my Vario Ultra Braille display, and both of the Kindle devices I have, and all of the charges for both. So, very amazing backpack. I think I know the real reason why it tore, Michael. It got so attached to the beast that it noticed the beast was dying and it was just grieving for its lost friend. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. If you want to find me, you can. I am always producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. I am Mike Doeys on Twitter and... I'm on Facebook. Just search for Michael Doeys, and you could find me all over the web just by searching for my name, and you could also find me at michaeldoeys.com. If you want to find iAccessibility online, you can at iAccessibility.net. We are iAccessibility1 on Twitter. You can find us in our iOS app. Just search for us in the App Store. And we are now on Spotify, guys. Really awesome stuff. It is the beginning of a huge changeover we're working on. So you can now find us there. So, you know, we're on TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, and now Spotify. It's awesome stuff. We will even soon be having an IACast app on both iOS and Android. So that's very exciting. You'll be able to get push notifications and all this great stuff about us in the app. And all of our premium content will be moving to that app as well. So instead of having to worry about Patreon, you can move your subscription to that app to get our content. So very exciting stuff. We also have a YouTube page. Just look for us on YouTube. We are on Tumblr. We're all, all over the web. So just look for iAccessibility and you will find us. If you'd like to leave us feedback, you can by emailing feedback at iAccessibility.net or by using our hashtag of IACast on Twitter. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the IACast. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode, so stay tuned, and we'll probably have more stuff come up throughout the week, so stay tuned to the IACast feed and however you subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you next week for our regular episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, LLC.